This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. A major bill in California to guarantee health care for all recently cleared a legislative hurdle after passing out of a state health committee. AB 1400, introduced by Assemblymember Ash Kalra, sets in motion a single-payer health care system called CalCare in the nation's most populous state. An accompanying amendment, ACA 11, outlines how the bill would be funded. Already, opponents of a guaranteed healthcare system are sharpening their attacks by questioning the cost and complexity of such a publicly funded healthcare system. This in spite of its popularity among Californians. Uh, we turn now to Carmen Comsty, lead regulatory policy specialist in government relations at the California Nurses Association. She's also a commissioner on the Healthy California for All Commission. Welcome to the program, Carmen. Thanks, Anali. Thanks for having me. So first, let's talk about what AB 1400 would do. Um, it's, you know, it uh, passed this health committee and that was considered a big success. It shouldn't have been this hard considering California has a super majority of Democrats. We have a governor who campaigned on single payer health care. One would think that uh, single payer health care would have been passed ages ago in California. It hasn't yet. So is AB 1400 the single payer system that you and I and others have dreamed of in California? Yes, you know, California Nurses Association who has sponsored AB 1400, we've been working on single payer for decades. And this bill, it would guarantee universal healthcare coverage to all Californians as of right. And, you know, regardless of, of your uh, immigration status, regardless of your uh, ability to pay, regardless of your medical health conditions. And it is the single payer system that, you know, we, we've been pushing for. And I think what is different this time is that, you know, we've, uh, we've put on, a t on the table uh, a financing proposal so that the legislature can do its job to figure out how to, um, how to get us to that last part in, in, in the cost. How do we replace, you know, the premiums, the co-pays, the deductibles that are growing every, every year? We've asked the legislature do its job to figure out how do we replace these private taxes that are placed on, on Californians every year with a publicly financed, progressively taxed healthcare system. And, and you know, I think that's really what what makes it different this time around, why we've been uh, so successful. You know, we passed out of the uh, uh, Assembly Appropriations Committee uh, last week and we're moving on to the floor. Um, sometime, hopefully by January 31st, by the end of the month, um, you know, we'll have a floor vote in the Assembly and, and, and hopefully we'll be moving forward to the Senate. So this bill, if it were to pass and become implemented, would establish CalCare. Um, how would that change the system that we are in right now, which is a patchwork system, right? Many of us, those of us who are lucky enough to be employed at a company that provides health insurance, have private health insurance. Some of us who might be self-employed or unemployed might be getting their insurance through um, the Affordable Care Act's exchange covered California, as it's called. And of course, there's plenty among us who are simply uninsured because of the cost or maybe were undocumented. How would, what would CalCare do to the status quo? 
it, it would fundamentally transform our, our healthcare system. And instead of private insurance companies telling us when we can see a doctor, how much we can pay, you know, having deductibles and having numerous financial barriers, cost sharing, um, co-pays, deductibles, co-insurance, all these things that prevent us from getting our healthcare right now, today, those would be gone under, under CalCare. Um, CalCare would establish a single network, a single public, public program across the state of California where everybody could have the, the, uh, any doctor within California um, and, and have true freedom of choice of healthcare provider um, un, under the system. The, the only thing that would be changing is how we are paying for our health health insurance, healthcare coverage. Instead of having multiple fragmented healthcare plans that deny care, that try to pocket money, that try to squeeze dollars and cents out of our health, instead of that, we replace it with um, a publicly financed uh, program across the state where everybody is in one system. You know, we like to say in the Medicare for all and single payer movement, everybody in, nobody out. You know, we would end the the deaths and the healthcare tragedies that occur from our current system because people delay care, they cut back on care just because they can't afford it. You know, one statistic I think is really uh, telling from the California Healthcare Foundation at the end of the 2020, they they surveyed uh, Californians and they found that half of Californians skipped, delayed, or cut back on care because of costs. That would end under CalCare. The amendment ACA 11, which is the how to pay for it part of the bill, is critical. Not as much for you know those of us who feel that healthcare is a fundamental right and we should pay for it in any way we can, but for those who are the naysayers, um, the conservatives, both Republicans and Democrats, um, who have spoken out against any kind of single-payer system will constantly bring up, but how do we pay for it? That argument, of course, never comes up when we're talking about military appropriations, say, at the federal level, or more tax breaks to big corporations, but it always comes up when it comes to things like Healthcare. So, what does ACA 11, the uh, accompanying amendment, constitutional amendment to AB 1400, say um, it should be funded? Are we talking about tax hikes on the wealthiest Californians or corp- uh, corporations in California? Yeah, so ACLA 11 creates, you know, just a a starting place for discussion in the legislature, but it really has, you know, it's a progressively uh, structured, broad-based taxation where where, uh, the wealthiest would be paying more than your average families. What ACA 11 really shows is that we can have a publicly financed system that is truly um, uh, benefits every single Californian, except perhaps the, the, the most wealthiest, the, the folks who are going to be saving the most by moving to CalCare, by moving to a publicly financed, progressively financed uh, system, would be those who are underinsured right now, those who are paying high premiums and deductibles and cost sharing for their for their health care. Uh, ACA 11, you know, takes that as a starting point. You know, we can make it even more progressive if we really wanted to, you know, and, and CNA and the nurses of the California Nurses Association will be fighting to make sure that we have a truly progressive financing plan for uh, health care. 
And by moving to single payer, what we, we would be doing is that we would be saving the system overall in terms of cost and putting that do those dollars, those savings um, into expanding coverage so that everybody in the state gets health care and also that we can expand benefits. You know, we know that we can we can have dental, vision, hearing, um, every single type of, uh, of comprehensive benefit, including access to long-term services and supports, a huge component of, uh, uh, of uh, health care that we know that we're going to have to pay for. That can be paid for. I imagine mental health care as well. And mental health care, mental health care services, you know, we, we built into the program making sure that that mental health care providers are actually paid uh, enough so that we can keep them accepting patients. Right now, most mental health care providers are uh, private pay because our systems of insurance don't pay them enough and only those who can pay out of pocket can receive mental health care services. We're asking with this program, as a people of California, we're saying, you know, we want to cover everyone um, and we know that we can pay less and get more. So it, it's a win-win for Californians. It would be truly transformational um, to, to say stop profiting off of our health and put it back into the care of California. So I understand that while CalCare wouldn't eliminate officially or directly private health insurance, it would basically replace it, but private health insurance could always provide supplemental care, right? So if you're super wealthy in California and you want to, I don't know, get elective plastic surgery, you could, you know, regularly, you could potentially buy a separate private health insurance plan to cover that for you. Or if you know you're going to get LASIK eye surgery every few years, et cetera, right? Is that, would that be fair to say? The benefits pack package is, is comprehensive. So what CalCare does, it says, that health insurance plans, um, they, they can cover supplemental coverage. So things that aren't covered, but, but because a, a CalCare would have comprehensive coverage in terms of benefits, there would only be a, a very small sliver of, of healthcare benefits that would health plans could pay for. And we're ensuring that the wealthy and those who have more money can't create multiple queues in the line Providers have to be in or out of the system. They can't start playing favorites for the wealthy. So, you know, we're really saying that everybody gets the same standard of care, the single standard of care where no one can jump the line unless there's some sort of benefit that's not covered under CalCare, which there will not be very many. Like you said, you know, elective surgeries, cosmetic surgeries, designer glasses, private rooms, those types of things. The health insurers will figure out types of uh, concierge services that, that <laughs> may not be covered under, under CalCare. Now, I understand, of course, that the private hospital industry is likely going to be against us alongside the private health insurance industry. But what about providers themselves, either individual providers or small, um, you know, clinics and, and other, say, nonprofit uh, health care providers? I imagine that this would be a sort of stable um, way for them to ensure that they remain uh, able to keep their costs under control, keep paying their doctors and nurses, and of course, provide quality care to patients. Absolutely. You know, in, in CalCare, um, similar to the Medicare for All bill in the House right now, we've created a system of funding where really what we're asking hospitals in particular is to say, how much money do you need to pay for all the services that, that 
your patients need. And for, for hospitals and providers in rural areas and underserved areas, in urban underserved areas who don't get enough money now because they have to cover a lot of people who don't have insurance or have a lot of Medi-Cal patients, um, those hospitals would actually be receiving more money and have the stable funding that they need through our hospital funding process that we have in the bill. The healthcare corporations, you know, they're not going to want to leave rural and underserved areas anymore because, you know, right now they're, the healthcare corporations see rural and underserved communities, black and brown communities as risks to their bottom lines. But that will go away under CalCare but because the system would say, we are going to pay you what you need to cover the care costs uh, of your patients. It would also just be a boon for for uh, individual providers, your single doctor practices, your small practices, because we're getting rid of the administrative burden of our uh, current fragmented health insurance system. You know, at one estimate um, from the Healthy California for All Commission is that hospitals, doctors, and providers in California spend $85 billion in a year on administrative costs to health insurance plans. You know, that would be a huge savings to those doctors who who want to have small businesses and, and practice in in areas where, where where they want to connect with their patients. So ultimately what is happening is that, you know, we're saving the time and resources of our doctors, of our nurses, and really allowing them to focus on patient care. Let's talk about Governor Gavin Newsom and just in general, the Democrats in California, in the assembly, whose votes will be required in order to pass this bill. Where does the bill stand right now? If it gets to a floor vote, what are the odds that it will pass the assembly? And if that does happen, what are the odds that Governor Newsom, who faced a recall last year and survived, who campaigned on single-payer health care, will actually sign the bill? You know, we're hopeful at CNA and the nurses and the single-payer movement of CalCare. You know, we've been fighting for decades to get single payer pass and uh, whether or not we're going to pass the assembly and get Governor Newsom to sign AB 1400 into law if we do get it to his desk is that the power of the single payer movement you know we have to build that power and tell our assembly members tell our senators and tell Governor Gavin Newsom to keep their promises to how is it looking though in the next week if there's going to be a vote how is it looking in the assembly are you worried that there won't be enough votes in this state where we have a super majority of democrats and a majority of californians want single payer from the health committee in the assembly and the appropriations committee uh, you know we we've really made a mark and and really putting the democrats who say that they support universal health care and, and and putting them to the test and they have through many many years of conversations you know uh, uh, like for example uh, assembly member jim wood is the chair of the health committee and you know maybe Two years ago, no one would have believed that he would have given that such a profound speech in the Assembly Health Committee in support of single payer. And you know, because we've really brought that groundswell, we're really answering the questions that Assembly members have been asking for years. I think we are in a very, very good position. You know, the Democratic Party of California, it's part of their platform. And we really just need to keep them accountable to what they're saying. And you would, know, we it would now be the right time for California listeners and viewers of this program to 
contact their assembly members and ensure that they are going to vote in favor of AB 1400 if they think that their state should have a single-payer system. Absolutely. Everybody and also contacting the governor. Yes, I, I, um, everybody should be calling their assembly members right now, to, asking them to vote in support of AB 1400. The floor vote, is, it, it may happen uh, by the end of this week. By the end of January, we will have a floor vote. So it's it, absolutely important that folks call into their assembly members and tell them that they support AB 1400 and care. And also telling Governor Newsom to put his name in, in the fight and tell him to support full-throatedly AB 1400, like he he promised that he would support single-payer in his, um, when he was running for governor. And last year, many progressives, even though they were not happy with Newsom, vo- held their nose and voted against the recall precisely because they wanted a single-payer healthcare system, right? I mean, he survived that recall in large part because of the desire and need for single-payer, which we know for sure a Republican governor wouldn't have delivered. And it would be incredibly ironic and hypocritical if Newsom got this bill on his desk and didn't sign it. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it would be an incredible disappointment. It would be uh, an understatement. And, you know, we're, you know, we will make sure that it gets to his desk and that he will sign it into law. And, you know, I think, you know, Governor Newsom has, he's made great strides in, in his announcement to say that, you know, he wants to uh, improve our Medi-Cal coverage for undocumented immigrants. And he knows this, that this will not solve the fundamental broken system of health insurance. You know, we're we're essentially putting more public funds towards a system that is broken. Thank you so much for joining us today, Carmen. Give out a website where people can find out more about the work that you do. Absolutely. So if folks want to learn more about CalCare, they can go to nationalnursesunited.org slash CalCare. You know, we have a lot of things going on over the next couple of weeks, and we hope you all join us in our fight for healthcare for everyone. My guest has been Carmen Comsty, Lead Regulatory Policy Specialist in Government Relations at California Nurses Association. She's also a commissioner on the Healthy California for All Commission. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, which is at risingupwithsonali.com by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at RU with Sonali.